Hey, welcome to Nathan's Freedom Zone. Today, um, I have a lot on my mind. I thought I should talk about my website a little bit, NathanCrabtree.com, and the strategy that I'm taking to uh, do what's known as the great work. I learned about the great work from Mark Passio, my favorite researcher. And basically what it is is uh, attempt to fix the uh, problems in the reality by um, spreading information about truth, uh, occulted information about the laws of nature and you know how the reality is actually changed and uh, constructed. And um, by doing so, one, one would change the reality into something much better if, if you can raise the consciousness of the uh, co-creators and enlighten them on um, how they how they are uh, really creating the reality using their thoughts, emotions, and actions, and how the reality, what what thoughts, emotions, and actions in their heads are uh, need to change in order for things to improve in the reality. That's what uh, the great work is. This, the first half would be um, taking that knowledge into yourself or myself in this case, um, but that would be the microcosmic great work, self-improvement, um, attaining knowledge, um, developing care and courage, and uh, getting to where you're um, acting on the battle, the spiritual battlefield to uh, just getting getting your head right and your emotions right, uh, working through past, past traumas, uh, coming to an understanding of philosophical and psychological truths uh, and also truth about what's taking place in the external macrocosm that that would be the microcosmic great work working on yourself and the macrocosmic great work would be working on the rest of the world and then specifically the other co-creators the human co-creators mainly since they're the you know the only ones who are going to understand english Typically, I mean, maybe maybe some aliens would too, but but yeah. Um, so my strategy with the website NathanCrabtree.com is to it, the reason I named it NathanCrabtree.com is not even because I'm really like narcissistic or you know something like that. It's mainly just so people can easily remember. Uh, and access my work and you know because they'll they'll probably know my name my birth name more than any other kind of tag or website name any kind of creative name I could come up with I've got multiple different names on different platforms you know like steam it I run a blog called uh, and my tag on my name on steam it is crystal dash spider so you know in the past if I've wanted people to um find my blog information, which is really, really good information that I've got on there so far. Uh, I, I haven't posted in a little while, I don't think, but uh, I, I wrote out a rough draft for a summary of a book that I've been reading called uh, Reality Transurfing. So I'll probably finish that up soon and get that on there. But, you know, in the past I've had to tell people to... Uh, 
you know, check out steamit.com slash at sign crystal dash spider. And, you know, that's kind of a mouthful. And uh, people may or may not remember that. So what I've done with nathancrabtree.com is uh, just kind of con conglomerate all those other social media and, uh, you know, content hosting web links that I've been using into one location so that 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 has an easy to remember title so that every anybody can find my blog or my youtube channel or my dtube channel or my music you know my soundcloud all at one convenient location um just by going to nathancrabtree.com and clicking around and another advantage to doing it that way is that you know I, i'm a pretty creative guy i do a, a lot of music i play like four different instruments at least and I do a little bit of art here and there um, some writing output and uh, I'm on social media here and there too you know trying to do the great work mainly sometimes on Facebook I mean I used to do that a lot a lot more I, I still do occasionally you know because I think you should take every every avenue that is available I do it in person if, if someone wants me to invite me to be a speaker, say at a conference or something like that, I, I would totally do that just just to get the message out there. And uh, so, But, you know, having it all in, in one location makes it real simple for people. And uh, I can drive people to the website because, you know, that's another strategical aspect is, yeah, I've got a website, but how am I going to get people to go there? Um, the way I'm doing that is, uh, first of all, by having so many different creative outputs in one place. Uh, you know, people might just be interested in my music, so they'll go to NathanCrabtree.com just to see music videos that I make, or uh, to find my SoundCloud, which has, you know, different musical things, and and then in, in the, if, they, if they're interested in that, you know, maybe they just want to hear me play some Bach or Mozart on piano or something. Uh, that they click around, they'll notice that I also do um, podcasting and stuff. And if they're impressed with my music, you know, they might one day be curious to click on one of the podcasts, especially if they're really impressed with my music. They might want to hear a little more of what I got to say or what else I'm doing. And, I, you know, I also intend to have an art section on my website. Just because I do kind of da dabble around in, in artistic expression, like lately I've been working with um, color pen or color markers, water watercolor markers with the brush tips. It's it's really fun. So uh, you know, but just having having that up there will kind of give people a little bit of visual stimulation while they're while their brain is also being stimulated with important knowledge. I, I find that. If you mix it up a little bit that way, it's less dry and more interesting. It makes it more more fun for your audience. And um, 
it'll attract people who normally wouldn't be uh, as interested in, you know, occult knowledge and the truth about what's going on in the world because a lot of people run from that type of information or they just don't want to take responsibility or they don't want to know about it or, you know, they're just not, that's not something they're normally interested in. So, but those type of people would be interested in uh, music or art. So, um, you know, what you want to do if you're going to get into this work, which I encourage, I encourage everybody to do that. So, you know, the more people in the battle, you know, the, e the easier it's going to go. And uh, more hands make uh, easier work, it's kind of a saying, but you want to use social media. Um, I, I'm, not on, I'm not really on Twitter yet, but that's going to that's gonna be next. Uh, I do use Facebook. Mainly what I do on there is um, occasionally I'll have like a one-liner on my mind. If I'm going to do an extended post, I don't ever use Facebook. You know, I see a lot of people like pouring their hearts out on it. That's just not my style. Uh, a, because Facebook has an algorithm that, you know, you, you might spend a, a whole hour on a post on there. And there's no guarantee that your friends are really even going to see that. For some people, you know, that might not be the case. It might get a lot of views on everything, but... A lot of my posts don't don't get much attention, so I'm I'm not really going to be spending more than a couple minutes, you know, making an actual opinion post on Facebook. But occasionally I'll, I'll put out, you know, really powerful kind of one-liners, calling calling things out. Sometimes I'll call out, you know, police on Facebook or just different conspiracies. I recently read a book about bioweapons development by uh, U.S. military and stuff, and um, it was called Bitten, and they were talking about ticks, uh, you know, mosquitoes, fleas, I think, just different, different um, bioorganisms that were uh, genetically modified and physically modified and given uh, different combinations of disease-carrying agents, you know, like Lyme's disease, for example. Um, malaria, I think, was used on the mosquitoes, but but this was this was something sponsored, you know, by the uh, military-industrial complex, which is something, you know, people should be thinking about, to say the least. But it's a real thing, and they, it's one of the weapons in the U.S. arsenal. And, um, you know, a lot of people aren't aware that that's a thing, but it is. And part of the reason these people aren't aware is because they have no—they think they have no reason to be aware of what the military-industrial complex is up to. You know, because if you're listening to my podcast, probably you've at least been exposed to uh, conspiracy information. So you're probably aware that. Know, the government's uh, not what it says it is. If if not, though, uh, I'm going to be covering all that, and you know, if you tune in, I might change your mind on things, which would be good, because uh, sometimes it's nice to get an exposure to new information, different opinion that you know you might not have heard before, and you might be wondering, you know, why why is the, why are things so messed up? You know, why can't the government just help people? Well, there's a very there's a very good reason why they they don't do that. Uh, why they spend billions of dollars, you know, developing uh, 
bioweapons, malaria-infected mosquitoes, and it's not to protect you. Because, you know, they've, they accidentally had a few, um, or maybe, maybe not accidentally, but there was a few outbreaks of these bioweapons in different areas of the U.S. And, you know, quite a few people got sick, and that was, you know, 20 years ago at least. So, who knows what they're up to now, but... That was an interesting book, to say the least. So, yeah, I would, I would encourage everybody to uh, get on the battlefield for sure and um, use, use. So, yeah, with Facebook, you know, basically what I'm going to be doing on there, what I have been doing is putting small one-liners every once in a while, share, share an article. Uh, occasionally, I will s scroll a little bit. You have to be very careful with the Facebook scrolling. Because uh, the negative vibes that just come out of your cell phone in general are gonna mess with your head and uh, make you make get you off your path and make you feel bad, waste your time basically. So I, I only do very limited scrolling, um, and typically when I catch myself unconsciously doing it, I'll switch over to you know a podcast or a book or doing some art or meditating or something productive. But what I, one another thing I do is anytime I update you know my Face my my website uh, with a new video, for example, or some art or whatever I'm working on at the time. Um, I'll update my YouTube, my DTube. Uh, I'm on another video platform. Can't remember right now, but you you don't want to just be on YouTube because uh, and you want to have backups of all your videos at this point because they're notoriously you know YouTube and Google are now taking people's channels down just for saying you know the wrong shit. So wrong shit according to them, but. Yeah, so I'll just do, uh, I'll share my posts, though, whenever I'm, and this is pretty basic, most people, you know, are, are of course going to do this, but for people just getting into this kind of thing, take advantage of um, social media, you know, like if I, if, when I upload this podcast, for example, I'm going to post it on um, Facebook, I'm going to post it on probably Minds.com, I do have a Minds account. I need to add that to my website, but and I'm also going to post it. Whenever I get my Twitter going, I'll, I'll post all my stuff there, just so it gets more exposure, more people go into the website. And like I said, a big point that I wanted to make this time was if you're mixing in creative, you know, not really related to uh, the freedom message, or, or maybe maybe you could have lyrics in a song. That would be a great great way to reach people. I'm not really a singer songwriter at the moment, but I do play a lot of really awesome music. So I'll mix that in um, on my different channels and it'll get, you know, a, a wider variety of people watching my channel, which um, will help bring message to more and more listeners, which is kind of how the great work is done in the modern day. So be sure to use those tools if, if you have them at your disposal. If not, just do it in person. You know, get, get, start sharing the ideas you've been taking in. It's actually the third step of the trivium method for arriving at truth inputting knowledge from a wide variety of eclectic information sources, letting that knowledge sit in your mind and process and filter out inconsistencies over time so you have an understanding of what the truth is and what's what's not true in the different information sources. And then finally, sharing it with uh, other people. And you'll get feedback and um, they will learn too, which will help the greater good. You know, you're teach learning the um, higher self. And that's what the great work's all about. So, 
I'll leave you for, with that to, to think about for now. Thanks. Another thing I thought of. Uh, so I sell Organite and I make Organite, which are energy devices that um, interact with your body field, right? So, like I said about mixing in uh, creative expressions, you know, like art and music, on my website to attract, uh, drive people to the website for different reasons so that they can then be exposed to uh, uh, truthful information. It's going to help change the reality. You know, uh, you lure them in with the creative material, you know, the pretty, pretty graphics and good music and stuff, and then hit them with the uh, truth frequencies and kind of like spell casting basically is, you know, cast good magic spells and, you know, the reality literally changes over time. So, um, but, you know, if I um, include my organite sales in with uh, all that other stuff, uh, right now I've got, I've already got on my website, nathancrabtree.com and organite, buy my organite section. And it's got, uh, for now, it's just got links to, um, it's just got links to, uh, eBay and Etsy and Amazon listings. Uh, I intend probably over the, the winter to, uh, have a dedicated, uh, URL web, uh, e not necessarily e-commerce, but, um, I guess you could call it that, just a shop for, uh, specifically dedicated to my Organite. It'll, for now, the URL I've got is, uh, organate.com a play on you know my name Nathan so I, I'll probably use that at first and um, you know I'm gonna coat that all by hand I'm not gonna use uh, Woo, WooCommerce or um, WordPress or anything any of that stuff because you know I was trained to be a coder for 14 years so yeah I should be able to figure out how to make a pretty basic uh, web shop um, just by hand with code and um, that's the route I'm gonna take because honestly um, when you have that kind of knowledge those um, gimmicky and it's not completely gimmicky WordPress I, I haven't used it but you know a lot of people do a lot of good really good stuff with it but for me it would be much easier and straight more straightforward to just code it all by hand than to use that kind of web interface, you know, because it's actually adding just a layer of complication on top of something that's already very complicated. But, you know, if there, if I had a bug, for example, um, if I can't look directly at the code, then, you know, I don't really know if it's a problem on my end or something to do with uh, WordPress or whatever service, you know, I'd be using. And, you know, then there's also little limitations that might be in the WordPress software. You know, thing, features that they haven't implemented yet or, you know, less flexibility there. That kind of stuff. I mean, it, it would have advantages as well because, you know, they, they're going to take care of some of the work for you. And But, you know, in my position, I should be able to figure it all out and make it exactly how I want it to be. And then I feel like if I could learn that skill, I could do the same thing for... Uh, other people who want, you know, websites too. So that's that's just the route I'm going to take. But the point of all that was, you know, I want to have my organite uh, information and, and sales tied in with 
my uh, great great work and truth teller information as a way of another another way of driving uh, visitors and traffic to the um, information that the world needs needs to hear. So it all in in my approach and strategy, it's all gonna be fitting together, kind of like a puzzle piece or you know hand and glove or whatever you wanna. But, uh, you know, I've already kind of started with that by um, including links to NathanCrabtree.com in my um, eBay listings and my Etsy listings. And I think I've got my NathanCrabtree.com on my website or on my Facebook profile is, you know, my website. But I actually had to do a workaround on eBay to get them included in the listings because I tried it. And they have this list. They have this URL policy on there where some somehow they automatically figured out I was trying to include URLs that were unrelated to the products or something. So they they deleted a couple of my listings, but you know I just relisted them. And to get around it, I just spelled the uh, URL out. Uh, literally, I just I said Nathan and visit my website colon Nathan Crabtree space dot space com so you know if it, someone's interested they'll they'll know what that means but just another uh, idea other other things that are you know not necessarily related to what I've been talking about but been doing a lot of thinking about uh, well the concept of the well regulated militia right so referencing the Second Amendment um, and whatnot. Mark Cassio did a really, really awesome breakdown, uh, or field strip is what he called it, of the um, Second Amendment. And what I learned from that was that a lot of the language uh, that the, um, you know, that 1800s kind of Constitution, 1700s language, is kind of uh, obsolete. So people don't talk the same way they used to back then and so it makes it kind of difficult to understand what the um, founding fathers uh, of America were really even talking about when they said some of the words like the word well regulated for example what Mark Cassio was saying was that that was just an old timey kind of colloquial expression for you know um, basically meaning not not government regulated is not what they even meant and there's various writings outside of just the Constitution by this the people who wrote the Constitution and you know I'm not I'm not a believer in the Constitution myself I think it's just words on paper and a lot of the ideas in the constitutions are backwards and um, you know like the idea that uh, one group of people has authority over another group of people and the idea that power can be taken taken away from the people and then divided up into three groups legislative executive and judicial and then that's somehow fair it's somehow fair that uh you know the the general bulk of the population doesn't have these powers and then this this group of governmental entities has powers that regular citizens don't have and as long as they divide it up into uh, three separate branches and then with checks and balances that that somehow means it's fair you know that's part of their religious programming that you know it's widespread you know people think that if we just followed the Constitution it would all work out but the Constitution itself has backwards ideas it, it says that one group has authority over another and 
you know, taxation is somehow legitimate. That's in the Constitution. You know, it says Congress shall have the power to tax people. It's like, okay, well, you know, why don't we just throw that out and, and go with the real truth, which is that nobody has the power to steal from it, from other people using weapons and force and coercion. It should be pretty obvious, you know, but... That's why you got to do this kind of work, is to um, expose people to um, really obvious, simple truths, because uh, mainstream media is there to uh, expose them to um, very complicated lies that twist their mind into knots and get them not to be able to trust their heart and common sense. So, man, you got to use the same the same kind of technique but with good information instead of deceitful information if you want anything you know to change for the better so that's that's kind of what i'm up to but you know back to the second amendment um i've been thinking a lot about it uh a militia being you know the body of the people all being prepared to deal with any threats uh foreign or domestic and this is a concept that americans grew up not understanding at all. They were basically told that, um, you know, the Second Amendment is about just personal protection, uh, about owning only only um, firearms, small arms, you know, small arms that, you know, you could hunt with or you could defend yourself from a home invader with, and that's the, the end of the Second Amendment. wasn't for anything other than that. And the, the concept of the militia, that's not even talked about in mainstream media because you know, they don't want people getting funny ideas, but if it is brought up, you know, the mainstream will tell people, well, that's just the National Guard, and, you know, the militia is a well-regulated, meaning government-regulated and government-controlled, you know, military entity that, you know, basically they'll tell you it's just the National Guard and nothing else, but that's not at all true. That's not what the Constitution you know, was talking about, they were talking about everyday average people like you and me defending uh, our own freedoms and rights from all attackers, and especially from government agents and government agencies and militaries, uh, especially from domestic, you know, police. They're the ones who are, if anyone's going to take your freedom, it's going to be the U.S. government if you live in the United States. It's not going to be Russians or Chinese more than likely, it's going to be, you know, your own, your quote, own, quote, unquote, government that's going to be the ones taking you out and um, throwing you in camps. And we're already in a big camp, if you haven't noticed. Uh, you know, these cities uh, are also known as smart prisons for those who are awake, but they're also known as uh, extermination sites or, um, you know, light, soft concentration camps, and the reason why uh, I would say that is not, you know, because and it's not as bad as, you know, maybe a Nazi concentration camp or even a federal penitentiary or a gulag or anything like that, but it's um, slowly over time they've been trying to make it more and more uh, of a work camp and less of a uh, freedom zone, and it's just that's the direction that it's gone up until now, uh, you know, and it, it's connected to the uh, dollar economy. People don't 
people over time were made less and less money relative to the, the price of things, you know, with inflation and banker manipulation. And, you know, you have these corporate entities all claiming ownership over everything, um, the apartment complexes, the housing, uh, the government claims ownership over the housing. And, you know, so basically when people own someone other than you owns your own living area, then you're basically their slave as, you know, they charge you rent or mortgage, that kind of stuff. And then they expect you to go work at these corporate controlled and owned, quote, owned businesses that run on these scripts where you know, you're now just going to be a cog in a machine and you're, they're going to suck your life energy, turn it into uh, dollars which are then going to be taxed and, you know, then they're going to build more, more of their uh, weapons um, experiments and whatever else they feel like doing, military industrial complex and government and stuff. So I've been thinking about a lot about the uh, militia because, you know, it's a big threat that we're dealing with. They've had, I was just reading a book called The Pentagon's Brain, and the first chapter in the book is talking about hydrogen bomb tests in the 50s. And if you think about that, uh, you know, the government's had in the, the army and the military has had in their arsenal hydrogen bombs for the last 60 or 70 years now that can blow up an entire city and cause nuclear fallout to that'll kill off an entire state in like an hour. And that's been the technology they had in the 50s. So, you know, in 60 years of uh, secret infinite, basically infinite funding, you know, multi-trillion dollar budgets, uh, underground, no accountability, underground research, weapons development, uh, corporate partnerships and sponsors, uh, all kind of working to develop their uh, weapons. Basically what, what's happened is the there is a power differential now between the uh, Peep, the average people and the um, secret government and you know that that power differential starts with the local local law enforcement they've already kind of got a little bit of a power advantage over the average people and it's not very pronounced at that level you know they they've got access to and they're, they've got an organization, and they've got a little bit of training, and they're in the mindset of keeping people down, and they've practiced, and they have a history, and they know their, their methods. So they're, they're, in that sense, fairly well-regulated, meaning they've got a working um, paramilitary force. I'm talking about the local cops and um, state troopers, that kind of thing. You know, so they've, they're doing their routine, and the routine involves using deadly force and keeping people, paying taxes, stealing from people, coercing people, and forcing nonsense onto uh, businesses and, and home, home quote-unquote owners, you know, enforcing corporate will and banker will, like kicking people out of their house if they don't have any fake monopoly money. Uh, Performing evictions, I think that's uh, something the sheriff's department does. If uh, you know someone stops paying the rent, eventually it's going to be the sheriff that kicks them out, not not the not the bank or the uh, you know executives at the bank or anything like that. So the, that's what we're 
you know, the sad situation of the American public is that they haven't been doing their homework. They haven't been taking any responsibility on this in general at all. So now they've grown, they've fed uh, with their taxes, they've fed a giant military industrial complex that's, you know, got weapons that they can literally blow up the, the world at this point if they wanted to. They can destroy everything, you know, just by dropping a few hydrogen bombs here and there or whatever. Who knows? Who knows what weapons they, they have, you know, at their fingertips now. I think they've got space lasers that they use on, you know, 9-11 and California wildfires. There's evidence that they use space lasers to just straight annihilate uh, innocent people. Um in mass numbers just to to get uh in the case of the wildfires to build a uh, super rail a super train you know that goes really fast across california it's like eh, who cares if a bunch of innocent people live where we want to build this train we'll just space laser them burn down part of the forest and then uh have the insurance companies not pay them because um yeah you should look into all the, the ways that the people whose houses were burnt down are cheated out of like their interest money and basically told they have to move because it's now some kind of disaster area and they can't they can't live there anymore you have to look into it i, I looked into it a little bit and uh, it was pretty shocking but there's evidence that the the space laser was used in california with like a straight line all the way down california uh of wildfire damage a straight line of wildfires all the way down the state that connects these two big cities and then another little line going off out the side that just coincidentally happens to match a map that was released a year before the wildfires showing a corporate plan to, to build a um, super train. Yeah, so they, they wanted to build a super train connecting these two cities with a straight line and um, it just happened to be the exact same map of the wildfire damage. I mean, that's a pretty weird coincidence you could say but so this is what you know the people who actually want freedom have to defend themselves against now because of all of these um morons in the past hundred years paying taxes and just cooperating with the evil giving giving their energy over to it you know obeying its dictates building the weapons for them just from just for fake money acting like trained little servants, servants of uh, Satan, Satan's little helpers, helping giving Satan um, all these, you know, horrible, you know, bioweapons, nuclear bombs. And now, now what are we supposed to do? Now we want to be free, or at least I do, and, you know, the people that I run around with. Now we want to be free, and a big part of freedom, you know, is having a um, well-regulated militia that can put down threats of, you know, local foreign threats, to your own freedom and personal safety. And now now the global battlefield or playing field, now the technologies that they're using to take people's freedoms include space lasers and, uh, you know, bioweapons and nuclear bombs and, and God knows what else, Terminator robots at this point. And, you know, if you look into the robotics, weaponized robotics industry, which they're, they're not going to give you much information about that, but what they do give you pretty obvious they've got a pretty big head start on the terminator robots and and we're still you know in the in the meantime they're trying to take away our ar-15s 
and our and our AK-47s and our you know small small automatic firearms and stuff. They've, you know, as if as if that's even, as if that's even in the same ball field as a space laser and a fucking hydrogen bomb. They, you know, they want to they want to make it the job of taking our freedom as easy as possible. You know, give give the, even the local sheriffs a big uh, advantage as far as weapons and tactics. Give even the local sheriffs and local police a giant fucking advantage over average people. So, yeah, average people, they're trying to get rid of our, you know, with their false flag attacks, which in a lot of these cases, I believe, are just, uh, you know, military um, spec ops guys, four or five, you know, black mask military spec ops secret just coming in wholesale killing killing innocent people in, in public, basically. But, uh... With that kind of stuff going on, you know, it's good motivation to just um, do something, at least something, maybe move out of the city, you know, maybe maybe buy a few guns while they're still available so that you at least have a fighting chance against uh, local people trying to take your freedom and then getting, getting some sort of uh, communal kind of tribal living thing going right now as fast as possible. So that it can over time be developed into something that, you know, because of when you're up against, you know, hydrogen bombs and space lasers, it's like you could just lay down and, and give up all hope and then just do whatever they say and be their willing slave and throw away all your human dignity and, and basic natural rights and just beg for their for their mercy and you know that's not going to go well when you're dealing with satan and the forces of evil they'll use you up like a little tool and then throw you away when you're when they're done with you or you could just uh you know at least at least do something and try and, and take a stand and um move in a direction that could eventually over time um end up in a, in a relatively free um, lifestyle and a, a relatively free world because it's not like, you know, I'm the only one who wants to be free, right? There's plenty of other truth tellers and, and freedom fighters, you could say, and people wanting an, an alternative to uh, the corporate slave system and stuff. You know, people who don't want to just be used up like a emotionless robot and thrown away when they break down or become obsolete. But, um, if we don't start now, you know, we're just going to get even more behind. And yeah, they, they might get away with taking away the AR-15s and then, then we'll have even less of a, of a chance against their forces of evil with, with hydro bombs and stuff. So there's no, no time to be wasting, no, no extra money to be wasting on um, little silly trivialities at this point. Like, there's a big job that has to be done. And uh, if you don't do it, and you know, if you don't get started on it, uh, who do you think is going to do it, right? So that's why that's why I'm on the interwebs cast, casting my spells. And in the meantime, just moving towards a... Uh, you know, like I wanna, I wanna buy some land. I wanted to uh, get some some buddies all together, just so we can learn how to live 
without you know the grocery store and all these fragile social structures that we're basically addicted to as a species at this point learn how to live without needing the matrix or the money system you know it'll be hybrid at first it'll be like yeah we do we are still in the matrix i mean for now i'm fully in the matrix i'm in the middle of a fucking death zone one of these extermination camps for now um still buying stuff on the fucking using dollars maybe the crypto you know sector might be more helpful than the dollar sec sector i mean pr quite obviously it will be so that that'll be another option but there'll be a hybrid period of time where a lot of us are half in the matrix half out and that's that's the next step uh you know that's so that's kind of what i'm focusing on for now is just getting outside of uh the city with all the zombies you know you know because for example once uh if the McDonald's were to shut down one day and the grocery store were to, were to just shut down for any reason, you know, like uh, EMP weapon strike or, you know, solar flare, you know, the zombies are going to start eating each other because they're addicted to meat. And, you know, if McDonald's shuts down, who do you think, what, what do you, where do you think they're going to get their meat, right? They don't grow it. They don't have their own animals or anything like that. So... I'll probably just turn on each other within a few, within a few days. But um, you know, so that's kind of why I'm ready to get get away from this zombie, uh, zombie concentration camp. <laughs> just in case you know the McDonald's runs out one day, I'll be I'll be you know, at least 50 miles outside of town, and you know that'll that'll be a much easier area to defend. And um, once I get there. Which should be pretty soon because, um, you know, I'm using all the tools I, I can to um, manifest in that direction. You know, and plant medicines, psychedelics, they'll, they'll, they'll speed up your manifestation. And just, you know, basic, basic inner intention or lower, lower will choices. Like, um, you know, what do you do with your time? And do you exercise and eat well? Or do you just jerk off to internet porn? <laughs> So, you know, I don't have time for that. I don't have extra extra sexual energy to just go throw it away. And, um, you know, all, my life's pretty... I'm pretty good at doing, you know, productive things with my time. You know, as soon as, I, as soon as I'm done with this video, I'll move on to something else productive. And then I'll, then I'll do... I don't just sit around jerking off, typically, and um, lollygagging and not, not doing what my heart and what my mind leads me to do, I'm getting much more quick with my intention, you know, as soon as I get an idea, I go and do it, because that's, somehow I've noticed, once you get an idea, that's the best time to, uh, to act on it, as soon as, as soon as the inspiration hits, so, I'm getting a lot faster at, at that type of manifesting, but it has a lot to do with, you know, the plant medicines, and the meditating, and one of the things I do is sometimes I don't act on something until I'm 100% um, know that I need to, that it's time to act and I know what I need to do. And that, that comes with like meditating. I'll do a lot of contemplating and, and thinking of what, what I should be doing with my time before actually acting. And so I'm getting pretty good at it. And that's how I know it won't, it won't take long before I'm in the hybrid stage of being half in the matrix and half out. And, um, you know, then I'll be attracting, you know, anarchists, people who don't believe in slavery, don't believe in 
government should exist. You know, people with, with some amount of common sense attracting those types so that we can, because, you know, you can't really, you can, I'm sure you could, but it's, it'd be a lot easier to uh, survive in a um, communal tribal setting or live off the land or, you know, using the hybrid thing with a little bit of technology here and there at first, some solar panels maybe you know, uh, electric well or, or whatever, whatever we need, but there'll be some, definitely some technology. You can't just throw the technology out the window completely. We, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. Like I said, the, the people who want to take your freedom, uh, are technocratic sorcerers and they're, they're using, you know, hydrogen bombs and space lasers. And, you know, if, if you just don't even want to use a solar panel, you know, what happens if, if you, um, you might you might not ever come across these people because they might not be concerned with you at all. If you're just like basically living like a, a woods animal, they might not even care if you're there or not. Which maybe that's the right way to go, for for some people. Everyone has a different path, but I, I kind of see the um, technology having at least some value. Um, so I'll I'll be using some of that. And but people need to to uh, attract their tribe, you know, or their their friends. Find out who really cares and understands freedom and work with those people because it's going to be a group effort um you know it doesn't have to be i'm sure an individual could could learn how to survive in the woods sure it's doable i've even heard of people who do that but you know if you can if you can do it with a group that sounds great and be a little easier i think especially if the people you know had had common sense which is so lacking these days so um won't take long before uh we got that uh get going so i'm pretty busy and yeah i do i do these podcasts just because you know it has to be done if i want um things to change so that's that's why that's why i do them like i said i thought about this for a long time before i even started doing it and so now that i'm doing it it's really easy and i know exactly what i'm doing and i know just what to say and i know it's going to turn out great and um attract a lot of listeners and people are going to get a lot of value from it but that's because i put a shitload of thought into it before i actually even did it so thanks for tuning in uh kind of done for now think about what it is that's really going to make you happy in life a lot of people are uh, constantly pleasure seeking right and problem is is they don't know what actually brings true happiness and I was just thinking that question myself and I was just you know glad that I understand how to really generate lasting um, happiness and joy and not uh, just have temporary pleasures that you know are hard to hold on to and that as soon as the stimulus is over well you're back to uh, the baseline or even lower than you used to be in the case of a lot of addictions and you know different types of masturbations and they're actually very destructive and uh, they leave you worse off than you were before doing it even though it was kind of a dirty guilty pleasure at the time so what I've got going in my life that I know is going to bring happiness is uh, knowledge of truth 
you know, love and uh, care for the high, the highest good, and uh, care for the higher self, the macrocosmic version of care, meaning, um, you know, fixing problems on Earth and in other people, and help helping people to uh, attain freedom. And that, yeah, that would be, you know, one of the third things. The third thing that I was what was on my mind is far as bringing actual happiness while I'm alive is uh, freedom and uh, those are the things that I know that I need to experience even more joy because I finally I've learned how to uh, actually feel pretty good in my own um, mental and emotional makeup I, I walk around uh, with the a really warm loving feeling as pretty much my default you know there's days where you know I get a little bit stressed you could say or you know less excited about things sure there's there's days but even on those days I still feel the uh, deep resonating joy from within that I finally was able to uh, get in tap with and for me a big part of uh, what got me there because it took a long time but one of the things that really got me all the way there was balancing my sexual energy and um, growing up you know after puberty and like middle school and high school and college and grad school too nobody ever taught me any of these occult sexual techniques and um you know so I was basically like a chronic masturbator and I wasn't aware of the effects of uh, that behavior but it really dug me into a, a deep pit of uh, apathy um low energy lack of motivation lack of ability to stand up for myself so you know I was Oh, and, non, and unattractiveness, you know, I, I wasn't able to attract girls in my life, and uh, I wanted them more, more than I wanted anything, and so, you know, I was uh, shooting myself in the foot, basically, so that didn't go well, but after 12 years of that, you know, I hit a rock bottom where I finally, and it was connected to me learning something about how to actually attract girls, and what I learned was that if you just stop masturbating, um, you'll be able to build up a sexual charge. And in order to do that, I had to learn to not uh, watch internet porn anymore because I had a you know, pretty, pretty bad unconscious addiction to those things. Um, and I didn't even realize I was addicted until you know I tried to stop because I would get uh, temptations and relapse a few times here and there, which is pretty miserable, but... Uh, you know, the the better I did with it, the more attractive I noticed that I was with the girls, which was kind of a refreshing, refreshing experience, because all I had known before then was, uh, you know, just not being attractive at all. It was kind of miserable, so that helped a lot, but even after that, I was still pretty miserable, I would say, um, for the most part, because, yeah, I was more attractive to girls, and I could feel it. I could feel that I had some sexual energy going on, um, but 
I still wasn't able to actually get what I wanted, you know, which was girls at the time. And um, that was because I had an identity crisis that I was also completely unconscious of. And it took about 25 to 30 peyote ceremonies, over 20 peyote ceremonies, very intense uh, plant medicine, psychedelic healing, for me to actually heal that identity crisis and um, discover my own femininity. Because uh, before that, I had always just identified as male only. And you know, if, you, if you're male only, well, the big part about being male is just desiring fem feminine energy, right? And if you're, if I'm just a male, and that means, and I desire feminine energy to help balance that out, right? And what, what does that leave me except to find it external to myself, you know, since obviously I don't have any, any femininity because, you know, I'm a guy. This is my old way of thinking, and, um... After all those ceremonies, I, I've really discovered that I had a uh, feminine side. And um, it was really, really, really powerful. But it started with me, uh, you know, being extremely sexually frustrated and always trying to get uh, validation and attention, you know, from girls in the external environment. And that wasn't working out, and it seemed like I tried and tried and tried, and um, just never, never could catch them, you know? They were always not really interested, it seemed, which was... I didn't get it, because I was, you know, I had pretty much mastered the no masturbation thing. And it, it just made it all the more intense, the more sexual energy I built up. You know, this would be like months and months of just... Yeah, basically, you know, was walking around horny as hell. Couldn't even think straight. I couldn't really focus on important things because all I could think about was, you know, wanting girls and there not being uh, any any girls around. Because uh, where I'm from, uh, Missouri, the, it is kind of lacking here in uh, young, healthy people, sadly. The people in Missouri are for the most part older and unhealthy and, and even, even after I'm you know lost that sexually frustrated uh, mind state that I was dwelling in chronically for 20 years even after getting over that you know I still notice that there's not a lot of attractive people here uh, it's really sad but you know, and it's not just Missouri. I used to live in Little Rock. Uh, it was the same thing. And you know, before that, I lived. Uh, I was in college, and yeah, there was younger people in college, but I was never really attractive enough to uh, be popular or fit in, and it it bothered me the whole time. But I finally figured it out. You know, because I was just getting hornier and hornier. Just had ma massive amounts of sexual energy, more than ever before, and it still wasn't working. Girls still didn't like me. They didn't really want much to do with me. Um, so I was really, really, really frustrated and pretty much constantly upset. I, I couldn't focus on 
the great work, like I was talking about earlier. And, uh, yeah, I knew I should be doing that, focusing on that, but I had such an obsession of trying to get sex and, and that I just couldn't focus on it. I mean, I, I would put a little bit in here and there. I had the audio podcast, you know, but it wasn't just that either. It was hard to focus on a lot of things. Um, but I finally got over it, and like I said, I had an identity crisis where, you know, for 20 years, I had just identified as male only. And, you know, if you're male only, you kind of need feminine energy to balance that out. And if you have none yourself, well you got to get it from someone else and that creates neediness and what I learned in my online dating research of learning how to attract girls you know from YouTube videos and other people who were apparently pretty good at it they were they were all telling me that you can't be needy at all um, or all you're going to do is push them away. And so I, I was aware that that's how it worked, but I just couldn't figure out how to how to not be needy. So finally figured it out after 20 peyote ceremonies. Basically, what, what I learned, and, and it had to do with... I learned it a little bit when I was sexually fantasizing one day, and I realized that by dwelling in a fantasy for a solid 30 minutes to an hour straight... I could actually pull in feminine energy and it felt like I actually you know had a girlfriend and was getting what I what I desired. And that was cool. Um I what I wasn't fully cognizant of the feminine side of me even at that point but it, it was right before I I uh, I was learning a lot of things pretty rapidly with the amount of pressure that I was under. Like I said I never never masturbated so I was just under constant high-powered, high-energy state, um, but it was all frustrated energy, so it was like a, being in a pressure cooker. Uh, I kind of have a fiery type of energy, you know, I'm a Leo. So I got a lot of, a lot of fire in my chart, and uh, if I'm not, you know, back then I wasn't able to balance any of that out, so it just literally felt like my brain was melting, not in a good way, kind of in a um, burning kind of just running on overdrive all the time type of way. It was very, very stressful and depressing. But, you know, after learning about that sexual fantasy, and actually before I learned that, I learned that if I had uh, overwhelming desire, what I could do to the point where it was just unbearable. I, I learned one day because I, I broke down and I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out what to do because it was that... It was just that horrible and stressful that, um, you know, I, I got with a girl and she kind of just disappeared and I think it was because she could just pick up a little hint of uh, neediness or insecurity on my part and yeah, it was there. And I tried not to let that come out but it was there enough to where I think it, I think it turned her off. so. So I was pretty fucked up over that for probably two or three months, even though, you know, it just uh, basically was kind of like a, a couple one-night stands with the same girl, but didn't really go anywhere. 
and I was I was kind of in love with her myself. You know, I when you hadn't had any um, feminine energy, and it had been over two years at that point. Um, just me being single and not getting any kind of uh, validation or relief, and, and also not knowing how to give it to myself. What I learned after that was because uh, I was I was just kind of freaking out one day because I was just couldn't couldn't get it off my mind and uh, just seemed hopeless and like there was not, nothing I could do about it and I was like kind of talking to the spirit almost and I was like what the hell am I supposed to do about this you know and then I remembered at that moment a time maybe a year prior where I had decided to fast for probably a day or so and I noticed after fasting that my desire level went way down it was almost like I wasn't even thinking about sex anymore because you know I was hungry and just thinking about food and I remembered that and I was like oh, okay I guess I, I I just have way too much desire it's it's unbearable I guess I should do that just stop eating and yeah I did that for you know over 24 hours and I noticed something very strange that I you know never no one ever told me this um, even with all the internet pickup artist or the dating coach videos I was watching no one ever mentioned this one so it's something I discovered on my own but if you want to connect with other people you know in this case it was me trying to attract girls if you're fasted out like you haven't eaten in over a day um, you're gonna have a much easier time connecting with other people and in this case and for the reason one of the reasons in this case was because my sexual desire was just somehow not there, you know, because all I could think about was food. And uh, so I wasn't thinking about attracting girls as much. It wasn't as big of a deal. I was just kind of being normal. And there was less ego, you know, because food kind of feeds the ego is what I'm thinking. So there was less ego. And I was able to be a lot more friendly and have less importance and pressure being put on myself by myself. And it wasn't as big of a deal, and I just did better. I was happier. I was able to connect much easier, and I, I wasn't freaking out over it, and I wasn't beating myself up. So I learned, I picked up that little secret, you know? It's like, if, if you want to connect with people, um, and you know, you know they're going to be at a certain time and place you know, could fast an entire day beforehand and uh, it'll it'll go a lot smoother you'll be less less egoic and less prone to sabotaging the uh, connection so so I had learned that and uh, then I learned about the fan fantasizing thing to um, pull in sexual energy from I guess the ether kind of like free energy and it made it feel like I was I was with a girl, and I was getting real close to my big discoveries uh, in the next couple months after that. And this was all about uh, over a year ago when I finally made these realizations. And they changed my life. You know, I'm not fucked up over girls at all anymore. Um, I was actually able to open the door for an actual relationship and, you know, I'm just way better off now, but it was because of this knowledge of self, the occult knowledge, hidden knowledge. No one ever told me, because most people don't know it themselves. And um, you know, we don't we don't really have a mystery school initiation 
program going on at public schools and even colleges and stuff, sadly. So this is all uh, occult knowledge I had learned on my own. But the gist of it was... Uh, Uh, that rather than just identifying as a boy my whole life, which is what I had done, I actually have a feminine half in my mind, and um, that was blocked off. You know, that, um, that, that was something I wasn't even aware of that existed in my mind, that there was actually a, a half of myself is a girl, and I, I didn't even fucking know that my entire life. So, you know, anytime I wanted feminine energy, I could have just... Um, got that from myself, from my feminine half of my um, mental mental makeup, and I, I started to learn about that about a year and a half ago. And one of the ways that I learned was running those sexual fantasies. And the fantasy kind of took on a life of its own sometimes. And like the girl in the fantasy, like a psychedelic kind of colorful goddess, a lot of the times. Sometimes it would be like a real, more real looking scenery. Sometimes it would be psychedelic color, you know, goddess type scenery. But um, started to do things that I wasn't telling the fantasy, you know, that my mind didn't seem to be generating. It was almost like it had a life of its own, which was kind of neat. But then I learned how to split my mind off and then go into my fantasy as the female creature and then view from her perspective through her eyes and then view myself or my body um, physically or even an imaginary boyfriend I would I would run a fantasy from her perspective uh, this imaginary girlfriend that I started to carry around with me I, I could actually go into her mind and give myself an imaginary boyfriend by running a fantasy from a woman's perspective. And I, d I started to realize after that that there was I had discovered something very, very powerful and very, very, uh, like, almost like a prime thing to discover. So, you know, an actual solution to 20 years' worth of total misery and suffering and torture. So whenever I would get those feelings of, I used to just dwell in constantly. Uh, there was a period for six six months or so where, after I discovered this feminine side of my consciousness, I would fall back into old unconscious habits and patterns. But I would remember very quickly because I had already solved these problems. I just for, I would forget one day or for for a few minutes, and then and then I would start to look externally for validation from girls again, and they'd be like, oh, oh, yeah, this is that same old vibe. That, that old vibe, I actually figured I already know what to do in this case. And then I would run, you know, a fantasy with my feminine half, or I would be, uh, I would just look at an imaginary girlfriend in my mind, um, do, do things to her if I wanted, and then, um, or I could go into her mind uh, and be a girl in my imagination and do things to my my masculine half, or let or feel my masculine half doing things to me, that kind of stuff. So, um, and that that would uh, satisfy the desire that you know. Typically, I was always looking external to satisfy. I was able to actually fully satisfy it at any time. 
just using those mental kind of fantasies and imaginations and, you know, psychedelic color, uh, vision questing kind of thing. So I started to do that more and more, and a lot of times in the morning I would be particularly horny, um, you know, which is kind of typical, but... So I would sit there some some mornings and just run fantasies, going back and forth between them, me being a boy and then me being a girl, and back and forth real fast, and feeling my, you know, feeling my feminine side as like a imaginary goddess laying beside me, and then looking at her and viewing her and and like kind of cuddling her or talking to her, and then switching um, my mind over into her mind, and then hearing my masculine side and feeling my masculine side. And encouraging him or touching him or anything like that. I would sit there and do it for an hour straight uh, some mornings. And it would get my day going off on a really, really good foot. Felt, you know, I finally learned how to wake up on the right side of the bed instead of just be miserable. You know, because my old self, the, uh, the mental chatter about needing girls and there not being any girls and, you know, it's all hopeless and I'm never going to figure this out, that would start... As soon as I woke up in the morning, I'd be like, God damn it, where's the girls? Uh, uh, I guess I don't have any dates scheduled today. or There's no social agenda. I guess I'll just have to wait till tomorrow. And, and you know, I'm really, really horny, and this sucks. And where's where's the girls? And it would just, literally, that's how my thoughts sounded. They would just, like, it was on repeat for, you know, hours and hours and hours and days and days and weeks on end for 20 years. It was uh, It was just dominating my thoughts, sexual frustration, Lack, scarcity, low self-esteem, self-insulting—you know, insulting yourself, um, complaining about uh, the lack of, uh, you know, girls and stuff in the environment. You know, and a year and a half ago, I f- figured out the solution to all of that permanently. I moved on, and um, ever since then, everything's gotten much more awesome and I can focus on other things you know as you know I still got some things I'm working on and some problems but there are much much better problems to have than something like you know sexually frustrated energy just chronically forever you know I I literally thought I was never ever gonna figure that out you know because what I before that yeah before figuring out how to balance my own sexual energy and how to satisfy my own desire without needing anything or anybody external. Um, I couldn't focus on uh, basic life stuff. You know, it was a challenge. Every single day was just, there was always a burden on my chest of, you know, when am I ever, ever going to get laid? And, you know, always being disappointed over and over and over and over again. I would get a little extra uh, encouragement from... You know, a girl here and there, but then it would inevitably not work out, and it it would just be, like, dragging on and on and on, and I couldn't focus as easy on the things I needed to do, like, you know, this, this type of work, putting videos on YouTube. I had my podcast, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that need to be done, big things that need a lot of, uh, attention in the reality, um. We're going to have to be building new infrastructure, um, using the internet like like I'm doing now. We're going to have to be gathering resources, figuring out, you know, 
our strategy for how to survive uh, post matrix or you know outside the matrix um, you know figure out possibly how to replace a lot of the um, businesses and uh, resources we used to we currently rely on that are not you know serving anybody or anything good things like big oil um, big agriculture the whole agricultural distribution system you know ideally we're not going to be wanting to get our food in grocery stores um, you know and if, if we're going to have you know like I was talking about earlier a militia um, it would be better to have uh, some kind of less controlled um, guns and ammo factories that are anarchist owned and anarchists work there and uh, you know so we can provide for ourselves and not be dependent on these fragile systems that are under that completely kowtow to government and just basically do whatever government demands you know like if they want to just make make a new law one day that says we, we can't have certain types of bullets well all our guns are fucking have a short lifespan if we if we have no way to attain ammo for them you know just because the ammo gets so expensive or they just won't won't let you sell it anymore I, one one article i saw today i think was something about walmart refusing to um you know after that probable false flag at the walmart um walmart now won't be selling any handguns or any ammo that's for ar-15 rifles you know just with standard military ammo they're not going to carry it at walmart any anymore and yeah this is part of the strategy of the uh, archon system is they all gang up and um, they all agree on certain things you know google facebook they all have the politically correct opinion that uh, if you're a good little obedient sheep you're going to have the same opinion as google facebook walmart you know mainstream everything and um, it's going to be backwards because you know they have hidden ulterior motives that are all about control and really just annihilating uh, the majority of human, you know, humanity. So, you know, this is just one small little example, but, you know, it's just, you see more, you see this kind of stuff every day. So, today it was Walmart not carrying bullets anymore, so it's like, oh, well, that's cool. I mean, we can still get them online for now, but what if somehow that dries up, you know? At some point, we're going to have to, like, grow up and uh, get some, get entire full-scale businesses that operate outside of the the paradigm and the dollar the dollar matrix you know that may, you know they could run on crypto or or just a gift economy or a barter economy or all three of those things but at least for now the, those kind of things don't exist and it all has to be you know either converted over from something that already exists that in in the uh, slavery paradigm or we're just going to have to build it all from scratch, um, or both of those things. So that's kind of, there's a lot of things to focus on in the uh, external reality. And now that I'm not internally fucked up anymore, and um, you know, I learned how to balance my energy, uh, so I'm much, much more effective of a person, and I'm much, much happier, and I like, you know, not totally stressed out and miserable like I used to be, like totally depressed. You know, hate, hating everything, and 
hating myself, always letting myself down because I put too much pressure on myself trying to trying to talk to girls. So much pressure that I was just would freeze and couldn't do anything. Even though you know, the people on the internet that I would watch religiously almost, I would watch these people for hours and hours telling you how to go and talk to strangers. You know, trying to uh, attract strange women and stuff. I couldn't do it, man. I was too too shy, I guess. I, after even watching 10,000 hours worth of those videos, I was still 99, 90% of the time at least too afraid to talk to, to girls in public. And it all had to do with my scarcity mindset and my uh, disconnect from feminine energy in general and in my internal self, which, you know, reflect into, reflected into the uh, external world as a total disconnect from women externally. So... I understand all of that, you know, now, and there'll be more podcasts in the future, I'm sure, where I revisit that and cover it from all different angles, and, you know, if you tune in, I'm sure you'll figure out how to balance your own sexual energy. I gave you some of the big secrets today, just, uh, you know, split your mind into duality. It's a weird thing to say, you know, I don't know if I'm the only one talking about this or not, but just, uh... Oh, and you know, one another thing I learned, I learned how to shapeshift into a girl and like I have a total feminine personality that can come out basically any time that it feels like it and um just uh be more feminine, you know, when the when the energy in the room or in my own being calls for it or you know, my, by my own whim and preference. It's it's really fun to play with and um you know, it's just big refreshment. It's like my life can be fun now and not just hell on earth and endless hell. Never fucking ends. It only seemed, to, only seemed to be getting worse for a long time and then it finally, finally I grew out of it uh, 20 years later. So, you know, but like, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of this section of, this has been a long, long episode three and I've broken it up into four or five parts during the day, but you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I released one, so you know, I was starting to feel kind of guilty, like I was slacking off and not doing the great work anymore. So, but back to you know, you know what's going to bring true, lasting happiness for people? It's people they they're not ever told, you know, what good values are, so they're always like looking to drugs and and other things to fill little emotional endless black holes when they should be trying to manifest freedom and attain knowledge and uh, love themselves and others. So that's what real values is all about. But I'll see you next time.